0: Hey, 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 it's VegCast 61. VegCast. And this time out, it's all about having fun. VegCast. A full menu from first to last. VegCast. That's right. We're going to switch gears a little bit this time and have an interview with Dr. It's Michael from- Greger, whom you no doubt recall from previous VegCast, where he's been on talking about serious things such as uh, the Atkins diet, such as bird flu, our food safety system, and so forth. But this time, he's just going to be talking about his experience appearing on the Colbert Report last night. We got the First interview with him about that uh, very experience, and we'll be delving into what it was like through the eyes of Michael Greger to uh, be part of the Colbert Rapport. We also have a nice little instrumental track called Sunflowers, and then we are going to head right into a science fact about red meat and the way that it can shorten your lifespan, we will look into whether it does, in fact, increase the risk of all kinds of death or perhaps only about 99% of the different kinds of death that there are. So all that is going to be coming up, and I'm Vance, I invite you to sit back Relax and crank up your mp3 player as we deliver in our inimitable way this 61st episode of VegCast. Okay, this is going to be a slightly shorter VegCast than usual. Kind of quick get in, get out the uh, backstory to this is that back at the end of February, Dr. Michael Greger sent out in his newsletter a mention that he was going to be on the Colbert Report probably in March. It did not actually occur until uh, last night. That was Thursday, April 9th. But uh, as soon as I heard that he was going to be on, I had to get the lowdown on that, and we made an agreement that after he taped his appearance that uh, we would interview him, and then we would hold on to the episode until we got word that the uh, the episode of the Colbert Report in question had aired, and it just aired last night. For those of you who saw it, uh, the bit having to do with hedgehogs and animal diseases. Uh, We will hear more about that. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, if you're subscribing to VegCast and you get this on Friday, April 10th, you can certainly uh, wait until the night and then go uh, find that clip online. Uh, If it's after April 10th, obviously it's going to be easier with no waiting. But uh, also with no waiting, The interview with Dr. Michael Greger, as I I believe I have set that up adequately now, and we are going to go right into that. All right, we are pleased to have back with us on VegCast one of our favorite guests. If not, I may as well come out and say it. Our favorite VegCast guest, Dr. Michael Greger. Dr. Greger, welcome back to VegCast.
1: I'm very glad to be here.
0: (laughs) It's good to have you here, as always. And uh, we haven't spoken to you for a while, and the the hook this time. The reason I said we got to get you on Vegcast is you're now a a big name Hollywood star uh, because of your appearance on the Stephen Colbert show. And we have to say right away that it's not like you know you were you were guest sitting at the table waiting for Stephen to uh, run across the stage to to shake your hand and everything. But you, uh, as I understand it, if I have this right, you were in a bit uh, that, uh, that Colbert did closer to the beginning of the show. Is that, uh, is that, how would you put that?
1: I was in a segment, yes.
0: Sorry, a segment. I didn't, I didn't mean to denigrate it by calling it a bit.
1: No, it's okay. When I was actually in the green room, up uh, up in New York, I came in, they had this big vegan spread of amazing food and, and these gift bags with all sorts of great stuff. And so I'm, like, stuffing my face, going through the gift bags. It never occurred to me to think, why are there two gift bags and just one of me? And then the producer comes in aghast, what the hell am I doing? Those are for the guests. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I I didn't know. <laughs> so I'm kind of a again.
0: So you weren't uh, one of the first string. You were a second stringer, and you weren't uh, you weren't supposed to be taking. All well, they again. shouldn't have put me
1: in a green room with all this
0: food with no instructions. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, why was it a vegan? Sp- did was it an all vegan show? I mean, what? Or do they just always have a vegan spread, or did you get to the bottom of that? Well, I
1: guess, I mean, what are they going to put out there, cold cuts? I mean, it it was, you know, just lots of good fruit and, you know, chips and homemade salsa kind of stuff. Okay. It's been catered catered from the area, and I guess you can leave that stuff out for a few hours without, you know, it walking away on you.
0: So it was not that they were trying to be vegan. It was just uh, sheer practicality, like, uh, you know, it it would be easier to clean up. You wouldn't have all the cross-contamination to deal with.
1: When I walked in and saw it, that was my first thought was, "Oh my God, how incredibly sweet of them you know they realized you know my you know how I eat and look what they got for me way m- way much m- more food than I could ever eat, and it just didn't occur to me <laughs> okay
0: well, so what was the ration all right first of all what how did this come about that you you wound up getting to the green room in the first place did did the Colbert people just call you up out of the blue? Did they call, uh, you know, Wayne Pacelli, and he said, "Oh, you should talk to if if there's one person that uh, you want to have on television, it's Michael Greger." What happened?
1: Yeah, they called up Wayne. Wayne was on the show before talking about uh, hunting. Okay. Um and uh, and he did so great. Um they uh, they called him back. Um, and they said, look, we need someone to talk about, um, we're doing a segment on diseases one can get from exotic pets.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: He heard the D word, diseases, and says, I have the expert for you.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, and so send him my way, even though, you know, I mean, that's, that's you know, not exactly my thing. I'm, I'm, I I... I'm an expert in uh, the diseases one gets from livestock, one gets from farm animals, right? but, uh, but not exotic pets. Although, you know, I've, I have written about, you know, monkeypox and some of these other diseases. So, you know, I was happy to, uh, to handle it, very excited, big fan of the show. Um, and so uh, I get a call from one of the producers who says, look, we're doing a show on hedgehog zoonoses hedgehog diseases that can transmit from hedgehogs to people
0: if you mean if they are kept as exotic pets or just
1: Exactly. As... Yes. If it right, not not if you're kissing them. No. If if you have them as pets, what diseases can you get as part of a segment that they are titling um hedgehogs the enemy within.
0: <laughs> but wait. Let me understand something here, because sometimes with, with cold bears especially, it's hard to keep track of the levels of reality. Um, the, it, it, it was the premise that they just wanted to talk about diseases people could get from their pets, and they, they just picked hedgehogs as a random thing? Or is there actually some story or some trend where people are actually keeping hedgehogs as pets? Because I'd, I'd never even heard of that.
1: There is a story. In fact, 40,000 American households wow. uh, have... Hedgehogs as pets, and there's this one particular case where a, uh, where a kid wanted a hedgehog because he saw Sonic the Hedgehog, some you know, kind of arcade game.
0: Uh-huh, kind of. You see, that's why those video games are bad for people.
1: The mom did not want to get a hedgehog for her son. Being a lawyer, actually looked it up and was very pleased to find out that hedgehogs were illegal. ...in their particular municipality, as they are in about half a dozen states, including New York City and D.C. and other places around them, because of diseases you can get from hedgehogs. The kid, however, uh, 13 year old, years old-ish, um, went on a personal crusade, went and talked before the city council, wrote the mayor did you know, launched a, you know, dedicated his life to overturning this law, and indeed... The mayor did Wow. After all this, and he got his hedgehog. So that was the story. And so they needed an expert to explain what exactly are the risks of having a hedgehog in one's home. Okay. You know, it's funny. He uh, so so I get called from the producer, and I didn't have no ideas about hedgehogs. I think it was about exotic pet diseases. So it's a big field. And he calls up and says, well, we don't just need someone, you know, who knows about exotic pits. We need someone who knows about diseases of hedgehogs. So I'm at my computer, and so here I am madly Googling hedgehog diseases. And I'm on the phone, and I say, hedgehog diseases? Like, I try to, you know, pause and, ask, you know, restate the question so I have more time <laughs> to Wikipedia this thing. And I go, I I am an expert. And and I'm squinting at the screen, going, "Oh, they can have a variety of diseases." You know, and I start listing through this, and I just sound like I have this encyclopedic knowledge at the tip of my, you know, it's funny.
0: <laughs> Why didn't they just call up the Wikipedia page themselves and have somebody put on a white coat and, and exactly, do I know. And though
1: know, it's funny when I showed up there, yeah. um, you know, I come in my white coat because it's got the monogram, my name on it. You know, uh, yeah. I was working at. And 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 the stage manager goes, wow, you're actually a real doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as opposed to just throwing white coats on people.
0: Well, yeah, because anybody can put a white coat on. You can get those at a costume store, but if it has your name monogrammed on it, they know that you're for real, because... Uh,
1: they know that you got one from a costume shop and spend ten bucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so... <laughs> um, so they have you on there talking, can you, how much of this uh, we're, we're going to uh, we're doing this interview before this show airs, but we're going to run this afterwards so as not to scoop Colbert in any way. But can you? What can you tell us uh, if people are listening to this and they haven't seen the segment? Uh, how? I mean, obviously you're going to be edited somehow, uh, so you don't know exactly how the final thing. But w- what can you tell us about how it went and what what you were called upon to uh, to pontificate on exactly?
1: Well, I was naive about the whole situation, assuming that I'd be interviewed by Colbert himself. Right. But, no, that's not how it works. He's edited in later. And uh. so, basically, you're, he interviews a wall, and you're interviewed by, you know, some producer. Right. And, then, and so, the interview went on for, you know, two hours. And then, then they edited down my comments into little funny bits and then Colbert speaks, looks to the camera as if he's looking at me, and then says something, knowing what I'm going to say. And then so, so we never actually see each other, even though we are going to appear, presumably, in the same room as if we're actually speaking. So wait, they- this way could, could maximally make a, a comedy from... From hedgehogs you know,
0: season. Right, but so it's not like they had you out in the field. They had you come to the studio there, and they put you in a in a room where they're they're going to have Stephen also in that room, and it'll look like he's uh, right there interviewing you. I was actually
1: on the stage, like on the.
0: You were right on the stage. Yeah, on
1: the set. Yeah, with the yeah, with the you know the, the you know the little kind of bleachers and the, and the desk and all that. Yeah. Wow. And right. and and they have microscopes and beakers and strange fluids behind me, a stuffed hedgehog, all the possible props to make this as ridiculous a segment as possible.
0: Well, so but you did they show you the the completed segment or did they say, you know, we're still working on it. You can't you can't see it till it's finished and it oh, airs. No, yeah. and, what's oh the, I will
1: see it when the rest of the world sees it.
0: So you have no idea. I mean, they may just have edited it down. To you know, a few seconds where you, you know, you were scratching your nose or something, or you you stumbled <laughs> over your words, and they're just going to so, say, "Look so at they this would guy."
1: Say things like, "What are the symptoms of Ebola?" And I would say, "Well, you know, hedgehogs don't get Ebola," and they would say, "Oh, well, of course, we know hedgehogs don't get Ebola." But just what are the symptoms of Ebola? And mm-hmm. so I said, "Okay, well, you can you know, bleed from your eyes and your ears. And, all. and so I describe these horrible symptoms from Ebola. And so then all they have to do later is have Stephen Colbert say, you know, what happens if you become within 10 miles of a hedgehog? And then it flips to me <laughs> saying, ah, oh, you bleed from your eyes, you bleed from your ears, you know.
0: Right. Well, let me. It, yeah. Okay, so, so we'll have to see if it, uh, if it comes out making you look good or making you look uh, the way we know you actually are. No, wait, that's not what I meant. Um, But we we don't know exactly how you're going to be. But that's why I got to ask, did it give you pause as uh, as the director of health and animal agriculture um, for the Humane Society of the United States? Did it give you any pause to say, well, I'm going on this, you know, in this public forum as a representative of the Humane Society, and, you know, I have no control over how they're going to to make me look, and thus make my office look? You know, the, the whole dignity of the office thing. Were you concerned about that at all?
1: I i <laughs> wasn't until I did it. <laughs> <laughs> then once I did it, I left thinking, oh, yay, yay, they could really make it. You know, because I could just refuse to open my mouth or refuse to answer anything, even two hours into it. Yeah. You know, I could, you know, they could say, what are the symptoms of Ebola? And I say, you know. I'm not going to talk about it though, or something. At the same time, so you you have this balance where you know you don't want to say things that they can make you look stupid, but at the same time, you want to be cooperative because you know you want to be asked back, you want to have a good relationship, and you want to. I mean, the, the funniest segments are with the people who are really kind of uptight and and you know and and you know aren't kind of good sports.
0: Right.
1: And so I I tried to be you know I tried to you know be what they wanted me to be without saying things that are too <laughs>
0: ridiculous. So let me just be sure I understand you. Were you trying to be that uptight character, or were you trying to play along with them as much as possible, no, well, which would result they, in a less funny segment? I'm sorry?
1: they wanted was uptight. They're very clear. No smiling. No. I mean, they gave me stage instructions so that I w- Look, they had me wear the white coat with a stethoscope around my neck. So that... <laughs> I mean, you know...
0: I've seen you outfitted like that. Though. ...of
1: blue fluid behind me and microscopes and, 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 and little, like, animals and formaldehyde and jars.
0: It's, it's hard to imagine a, a Michael Greger presentation where you're, you can't even smile. It's almost like imagining that they told you you can't go into a squeaky high-pitched register at any point. I mean, they didn't say that, did they?
1: It was tough. Tough. I, I, I mustered through.
0: Well, that's great. Well, so, um, assuming that, you know, the whole thing wasn't just some hideous uh, practical joke where it's going to be, you know, have nothing to do with hedgehogs, and it was just, uh, you know, something to, to say, look, these are, this is how vegans think, and they just take random words of yours and edit them back together in order to make all of us look bad. Assuming that's not the case, I've got to say congratulations it's great uh, that you're getting more visibility and getting uh, the word out for all the rest of us. And just before I let you go, what is, uh, what's the latest outside of the Colbert world for Dr. Greger?
1: Uh, well, the latest for me are these uh, two new DVDs. I haven't come out with DVDs, God, for five years or so. Mm-hmm. And I now have uh, my latest nutrition DVDs available now on my website, drgregor.org. Slash dvd great um and so there's d-r-g-r-e-g-e-r um dot o-r-g and all the money of course as always with my books and speed engagements and dvds all donated to charity i'm really excited about them and they've been um in fact i had to back order them they've been such overwhelming demand so please be patient if you order them but we
0: will get them to you great and i gotta say i've i've uh uh, I have seen you in person, and I've seen the DVD. Or at least I've seen, I don't think either of these, but I have seen one. And uh, although the DVD experience pales compared to the live, in the flesh, Dr. Greger, it's just a fact that not everyone on earth is going to be lucky enough to see you in person. So those people who aren't should rush to drgreger.org and, and order those, in my, in my humble opinion.
1: And I will actually, I am actually going back on the road a bit, uh, a few dozen. I got a few dozen dates, um, and so uh, my speaking schedule is up on the website too. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing as many of, um, uh, of my old friends as possible out on the road once again.
0: Great, and I hope uh, that you're going to take make time to be in Johnstown this summer wouldn't miss it for the world. Okay, great. Well, I'll look forward to seeing you there and I got to let you go now, but Dr. Gregor, again, uh, congratulations on uh your uh Comedy Central television debut. At least I assume it's your debut there. Yes. And uh congratulations on everything else you're doing and thanks for joining us on Vegcast. And don't get
1: hedgehogs, just okay?
0: Okay, we will, we will remember that, and we'll be sure to do our part to get the word out as well. All right, have a great one.
1: Thank you, you too.
0: sunflowers is the name of that instrumental from green beings going back to the very first green beings release the not milk maxi single and that of course also appeared on the album garden variety but now without any further ado we are going to turn our attention to the science our science fact for this vegcast is red meat raises risk of all kinds of death. That's the headline on this Reuters story. And uh, while that sounds hyperbolic, the lead actually says, people who eat the most red meat and the most processed meat have the highest overall risk of death from all causes, including heart disease and cancer, U.S. researchers reported on Monday. Now, I really doubt that U.S. researchers reported Uh, a list of all causes of death and found red meat to be implicated in every single one, since there are many causes that uh, don't have to do necessarily with what you eat. But We'll grant that uh, it seems that there are a number of causes of death that red meat and processed meat are associated with, and we'll just run with that. The story continues, the National Cancer Institute study is one of the largest to look at the highly controversial and emotive issue of whether eating meat is indeed bad for health. And so I guess with the result of this, we've answered the question, yes. Eating meat is indeed bad for health. Uh, they looked at more than 500,000 people aged 50 to 71, and even when other factors were accounted for, including eating fresh fruits and vegetables, smoking, exercise, obesity, the heaviest meat eaters were more likely to die over the next 10 years than the people who ate the least amount of meat. Now, there's two interesting things in that sentence. The uh, the latter is ate the least amount of meat. They did not even compare the people. Uh, they did not have one class of people that they were looking at who ate no meat. Uh, so this is still just an increase over the people who were already eating red meat and processed meat but not eating uh, the flagrant, ridiculous amounts that the average American eats, but also that other factors were accounted for, including eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, So even with that normalized, that certain people might eat the same amount of fresh fruits and vegetables, but it's the eating of red meat and processed meat itself that uh, actually was associated with the mortality. Um, So I would hope that this puts the final nail in the proverbial coffin on uh, whether red meat is uh, good or bad for you. Of course, the American Meat Institute uh, would claim otherwise. They, they do have, you know, they get their paragraph at the end of this to spin it and try to uh, deny this uh, comprehensive evidence. But, of course, it's not just this study. It's study after study that's showing uh, a problem with red meat, and they compare that to chicken. They compare it to fish. And uh, certainly we can go along with that as far as it goes. But uh, the basic fact is we've now nailed it down uh, for red meat and processed meat. Uh, Now let's look at comparing a diet of chicken with a diet of no chicken, a diet of fish with a diet of no fish. Uh, Let's get to those having already basically uh, closed the case on red meat. And let's just remember one thing before we go, that there are study after study that comes out showing how animal protein and the consumption of animal protein by humans is a small to large, whatever size, liability. That's what the studies show. I have yet to see a single scientific peer-reviewed study coming out showing how... The consumption of animal protein uh, versus no consumption of animal protein is an unmitigated benefit, whereas with fruits and vegetables, study after study comes out showing another small to mid sized to large benefit from that consumption. That ought to lead uh, any rational person to say, huh, I would bet that Fruits and vegetables are just a better thing to base your diet around. Um, It is also humorous, I should mention, that this Reuters story does say the U.S. government now recommends a plant-based diet. That stresses fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. The joke there being that although the government recommends it, it does not facilitate that in any way, as the Government Accountability Office detailed a few years back. Uh, the government says, you know, nutritionally speaking, you should eat this way. But then they, when they fund different uh, promotions, uh, those seem to go a disproportionately to... <laughs> Uh, the consumption of meat and milk. So perhaps some kind of scientific study will explain how that is going to work, to tell people uh, that they should consume fruits and vegetables without making it possible for them to uh, work those into their diet. And if such a study comes out, you can be sure that you will hear it right here on the Science Okay, we're just about out of here, but I cannot let this opportunity go by without remarking that this VegCast is coming out on Good Friday, a day when American Catholics are supposed to abstain from eating red meat anyway, and uh, the more Orthodox uh, versions actually abstain from eating animal flesh at all, and that ties in with uh, religions around the world. I just think that it's an interesting little fact that just about every major religion on earth has a holiday or holidays where the way that you demonstrate your conviction and your reverence for God, you demonstrate your spiritual connectedness is by not eating animal flesh. And then, of course, in most cases, uh, you Monday comes and you go right back to sinning or behaving in a worldly way or however it happens to be contextualized in uh, the particular religion that you are. Although, let's point out that there are also religions such as uh, Jainism where uh, the entire religion is based around that, and uh, it's something that most Americans are not familiar with, but uh, which has actually millions of adherents worldwide. So just a little thought for food there. Okay, I want to thank Dr. Michael Greger, of course, for giving us that behind-the-scenes look At the making of the Colbert Report special report, I want to also thank Priscilla Farrell, whom I have already interviewed for an upcoming VegCast, which I had hoped to get out today, but it got bumped, just like on a late night talk show. Uh got bumped because we had to get this one out. We had it ready to go out the day after that. But uh, the next VegCast will be out within a week with uh, Priscilla Farrell of Friends of Animals. So until that point, get out there and live like you mean it. VegCast!